And now, back to Answers for Elders as we honor our military veterans. Carriage is the proud sponsor of our veteran segment, hosted by former Seattle Seahawk, Dennis Boyd. This is Dennis Boyd for Answers for Elders, and we are down at Patriots Landing in DuPont, Washington. Today we have the honor of talking to Colonel Sue Minahan, 22-year veteran of the uh, Army Nursing Corps. Colonel Minahan, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. Colonel, what we would like you to do is kind of take us through your the steps of the as, you know as we work through your career with the Army and how you got into the Army Nursing Corps. Okay, I never. For one thing, I never thought I would ever do that. And when I finished school at the Texas Women's University with my degree in nursing, I went to work in Dallas. And after about four years, I decided I wanted something different. And much to my amazement, I decided the Army Nurse Corps might be the thing. Uh, I did join at that point, 1966, for three years. And as happened with many of us, the three years became 22. And I loved it. it. I couldn't have picked a better career. My first assignment was in Denver at Fitzsimmons Hospital. And then I was transferred up here for some training in Army Health Nursing. Um, moved to New England, to Fort Devens, Massachusetts, from there. And from Fort Devens, after I changed my medical nursing specialty to general medical surgical, I went straight away to Vietnam, which was an answer to one of your questions earlier, the most challenging and rewarding probably experience I had in my career. What years were you over in Vietnam? Well, 69 to 71. So you were there for two years, quite a long time. Not quite. We okay. were there. The, assign- the tour was a, was a year. Mm-hmm. We had such a fantastic crew at our hospital, and the experience was so good that I extended for six months, and they closed the hospital. <clears throat> so we had to all be reassigned to other facilities, and I finished that next rest of that period mostly in Long Bend, but I also had a rather unusual experience in that I was chosen to go be the nurse for the newly opened embassy in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Okay. The wow. State Department didn't have nursing avail- nurses available to do that, So they had looked at my background with the various things I had done at Mm -hmm. that point, and they sent me to Cambodia, to Phnom Penh, for about two or three months, Mm -hmm. which was a truly unique and extremely different experience. But Vietnam was, like I said, the most challenging, the time in Vietnam at the hospital, thing I ever did in my nursing career. At... uh what would a for a nurse that was in and and the medical teams that were working there in the evac hospitals in Vietnam not that there was ever a typical day but what was a day like for you there they could be it was either we were usually really busy or it was they're just waiting to see what happens in the emergency room area which mm-hmm. is where i worked initially in the regular ward areas it was usual patient care 24/7 Mm-hmm. And we did 12-hour shifts for the most part. Uh, the emergency room was one of those things like any hospital emergency room. You were either overwhelmed or you were just not super busy. Yeah. And the overwhelmed was when the helicopters hit the pad outside the building. 
then you got busy fast. Yeah. Did you ever have any warning that I would assume that there was some kind of uh, information that a push or something like this is about to happen? And There were rumors. You could hear, you got, I think people got rumors, and then we would be alerted before the helicopters landed. They mm-hmm. rarely ever just landed and you didn't know they were coming. Mm-hmm. But we we had some sense of what was going on around. But the uh, patients were beyond belief as far as their fight and everything about them. It was just an extraordinary experience to deal with those guys right after they came in. Well, I can only imagine that they were glad to be seeing you <laughs> uh, from some of the stories about them being pulled out of the jungles and in the fields. And, yeah. Uh, they were happy to be alive and then be looking in at the you, hospital, yes, yeah, being taken care and, of. And we had a fantastic team. Uh, you never had to worry about enough help. When a helicopter landed, people came from all over the hospital to see if we had enough staff on hand in the ER, and if we needed any more assistance. We never had any need for help. Mm-hmm. People just—it was a team, and everybody worked like a team. That's the the consistent story as I talk to the veterans here at Patriots Landing is that feeling of team, mm-hmm. regardless of yeah. if you were a flight officer, nursing, uh, Army Nursing Corps, uh, or just you know somebody uh, a lieutenant in the field. Sure, it was that feeling of team. Is that given to you? Do you think that is probably one of the the classic things that the that the Army does teach you? I think so, and I think it's one of the things you kind of carry with you, and when you leave that setting, it's one of the things you miss. Mm-hmm. Because when I left the Army, I worked for a while in a civilian facility, and it was not the same. Not quite not the same at all, but the team and everything was very, very much a part of the Army culture, and you, you grew to know it. It wasn't necessarily something they taught you in basic. Yeah, You grew to know that. How do you manage... And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that you've constantly got a rotating group of people. People are getting uh, deployed in and people are getting rotated out. So the ability to maintain that cohesive team with constantly changing people, uh, how, do you, how do you accomplish that? It ha- usually when people change, you don't have a huge turnover all at once. Right. And the people who come into the system are usually pretty quickly integrated because we all had that same sense of team. And people would be helped to get oriented to the setting they were in at that time. And I think that was the key to making it all work. Mm -hmm. You mentioned before that you came up to Fort Lewis for some of your nursing training. Right. What what did you receive that was different here than what you did in normal uh, straight standard nursing school? Well, this was a specialty in community health, public health nursing, and we still have Army health nurses. Mm -hmm. And it was more aligned with caring for the patient, the families of the soldiers, rather than the soldiers themselves, the wives and children of the active duty folks. Mm -hmm. And that's typical of what community health nursing is anywhere in civilian world or in the military. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. And I carried that specialty until I was at Fort Devens, Massachusetts, where I decided I wanted to change my specialty, and I changed it to general medical surgical, as I think I said earlier, which sent me straight to Vietnam, which was fine. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how some of these small decisions that we make <coughs> will make drastic changes. Big repercussions. Yes. Yes. Someone <laughs> said to me, you know where you're going, and I said, that's fine. 
It's yeah. okay, you know. And then when I came back from there, uh, I went to a nurse, the career course down at Fort Sam Houston that they had for officers who were staying on active duty. And from there, I came back up here for graduate school at the University of Washington. Hmm. Okay, so you're at their medical center there then, uh, doing taking a graduate schooling in nursing then? Or? Yes. So did you end up with a, a master's? Or? Uh-huh, yes. That's unusual. That's, that's No, a lot. a lot of us have them. Oh, really? And we have a lot of doctorally prepared nurses in the nurse corps now, actually. Wow. So it's changed a lot. Well, there are a lot of times, and I do know this, where the, the nurses are placed in positions where you're, because the physician isn't there or the doctor's not there, right. you are having to make similar decisions. Right. So to have that knowledge base is, is it's, necessary. It's important, sure. Yeah. You and I talked before the interview here about discussing some of the most challenging is the most exciting, and you mentioned that Vietnam was the, was the same for you. Right. Are there any specific days or examples of something that was that was exciting that you walked away from and you said, we did a heck of a job there? I think any time we had a large number of casualties come in at once, yeah. and it was a situation where you had to have every ounce of your nursing skills ready and use them all the time, mm-hmm. and I think, but that I think would be the time when you'd go away at the end of the shift or the whatever and say, we did a good job. Yeah. When we got a lot of guys in at one time, and we got them all sorted out and taken care of and moved on as they needed to go. Mm-hmm. Then uh, and then the, the most challenging time again would be handling that high volume of casualties coming in. Right, then. right. Yeah, but how did how did the army? Did you just learn by uh, excuse the expression OJT on the job training, or is this something that they prepare you for? Not, not so much prepare you for specifically for that as far as casualties, although there is some training in that area in basic training Mm -hmm. because we all knew where all of us would probably wind up. Mm -hmm. But I had had some similar experiences as a civilian nurse in a very busy hospital with emergency room in a city county hospital. So some of that wasn't a totally new setting for me, Mm -hmm. but it's very difficult for people who come into that setting who've not had that kind of experience in the background. It's, Mm -hmm. It's a wholly different kind of nursing, usually Patients are in beds and clean settings and so forth. But to have a whole helicopter full of wounded men come in at once with horrible wounds is quite an experience. Tell me about your life now. Well, it's good. I uh, retired. I had one other assignment I loved, and that was Germany, which was three years, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And uh, here, I've been here three years this past September. And I love the Northwest. I knew when I was up here first time Mm -hmm. in 67 that this was the area I wanted to come back to. And I've never regretted that either. So Texas never pulled you back? Texas never pulled me back. It's too hot, too dry, and (laughs) just too much of everything. So, no, Texas never drew me back. I love the Northwest, and I'm very happy to be here. Well, that's great. Anything you want to tell a family member or friends that might be listening to this program? Uh, no, I have none up in this area, and I have very few family even still in Texas. So I just, you know, it's nice to be given this opportunity, and um, it was a fantastic career. Colonel Menahan, how's your stay been here at uh, Good, Atlantic? good. It's a good place. They take, They do everything they can to make things comfortable for us and work well, and it's a great staff here. Well, I tell you, there's every time I come down here, there's that sense of community, 
and uh, former military, you all, it's, it's a mutual respect of everybody that's here. And right. uh, after this, listening to your story, it's obvious to see why. Colonel Manahan, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you very much for doing this. This has been a special honoring veterans presentation of Answers for Elders brought to you by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.